Blog Talk Radio. to have you here with me. Welcome to Psalm and Prayer. I'm your host, Chris Mann, broadcasting live right here on Blog Talk Radio every Monday morning at 1130. Now, today we're looking at John chapter 9 and what it means to be blind. But first, let's recap John chapter 8. We learn that this is a dark world and that Jesus is our light. And without that light, we can't see the path that we're supposed to take. Because in the dark, we are all Blind. I had a coworker many years ago who was partially blind. Uh, he had a, a disease where his eyesight would get less and less, and in one eye he could only really see blurry, dark images, which meant that he really needed a lot of light in order to see well. And this is a dark world, and Jesus is our light. We need to be like my coworker here. We need to stand close to, to Jesus as often as possible, because the more light we have, the better we can see. So we start chapter 9 with Jesus leaving the temple. He's going along his way, and on his path, we see a man who is blind since birth. And Jesus' disciples, his followers, ask, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus answered, neither. This happened so that the work of God can be displayed in him. As long as it is day, you must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming, when no one can work. While I am in this world, I am the light of the world. So what do we read in chapter 8? That Jesus is the light of the world. And we need a light because this is a dark world. And in the dark world, we are blind. We need the light from Jesus in order to see our path. And Jesus left earth it became night. No person can perform the miracles of God like Jesus did. So while Jesus was here, he performed all the miracles that he could. So Jesus then spit on the ground and made mud with his saliva, and he put it on the blind man's eyes. Jesus then instructed the blind man to wash in the pool. The blind man did this, so he was dirty, he washed, and then he became clean then he could see. When we walk away from the light of Jesus, we become blind by the darkness. Because we're blind, we can't see where we're going, and we sin. When we go back to Jesus, we ask for forgiveness, he washes us, and we become clean. That's kind of the allegory of coming to Christ. We are dirty in sin, we go to him, he bathes us, he cleans us with his blood, and we become clean. So after the blind man washed himself, he could see, and he starts walking around town. People who have seen him begging on the street start to ask each other, isn't this the same man who used to beg on the street? Some people said he was. Other people said, no, he only looks like him. Now, you can't tell this from listening, but I wear glasses. I wear them every day. I cannot see without them. And I remember the very first time I put them on, I was in uh, junior high, and it was like seeing for the very first time. Everything was suddenly so clear. 
so bright. I looked different, too, because people kept asking me all throughout the next couple of weeks uh, what was different about me. And actually, they asked that every time we get a new pair of glasses, too. They just never noticed the glasses. So when you first come to Jesus, people will notice something different about you, too. They won't know what it is, but they will notice that you are a different person on the inside. So sometime later, a healed blind man was brought to the Pharisees. They were investigating Jesus. The Pharisees asked about the healing, and the man explained to them what Jesus did. This man is not from God, some Pharisees said. He does not keep the Sabbath. The Jewish law says to keep the Sabbath holy, and the Pharisees misinterpreted this to mean no work on the Sabbath. However, there was no real clear-cut definition of what work was. The Pharisees became blind with their hatred toward Jesus, that everything that Jesus did was considered work. However, other people, like his disciples who were with him, were not held to the same standard. However, some of the Pharisees thought, how can a sinner perform these miracles? Well, that's a good question. So their house was divided. This interrogation happens twice. And the second time, the Pharisees became so blind with anger that they hurled insults at the man, accused him of being steeped in sin from birth, and threw him out of the synagogue. Well, if we read the Bible long enough, we know that everybody is a sinner. There's nothing that we can do to get out of that. That's why we have Jesus. We have to go to him because we are all sinners. So Jesus heard that the healed man was thrown out of the church. So he went looking for him. When the man was found, Jesus asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, You have seen him now. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him saying this and asked, Are we blind too? And Jesus replied, If you were blind, you will not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. I'd like to know what you think about that last remark. You can post your comments below or send me an email here on uh, Blog Talk Radio or at psalmandprayer at gmail.com. Okay, so let's do a little bit of a time warp. Let's pretend that the Gospels are happening right now. This will give us a little bit more insight. Let's pretend that Jesus is walking around from city to city right now. Who would be the Pharisees? And who would be persecuting Jesus? And what laws would he have broken? I really think that the medical community would be going after Jesus really hard right now. Because he's practicing medicine without a license. He performed a miracle and he healed this man. And he didn't even have a medical degree. You know, doctors are going to sit back and say, who is, who is this man who can heal without the same education 
that I have. Do you think that people would even believe the blind man? I mean, there's a lot of people uh, on TV and online that claim that they have been healed or can be healed by this miracle healer. And, of course, it's always a fraud, and it's always a phony, and it's usually someone performing on a big stage someplace. Would people try and discredit Jesus? Would people try and debunk him? There's actually a retired magician. Uh, there's a documentary about this on Netflix. He spent the later half of his life just trying to debunk these healers and these psychics. He said that they could perform these miracles. They were really just performing illusions. time period because it was all part of his very perfect plan. And when we read the Bible, we need to do more than just read it. We need to live it. We need to look at it from the inside out, really put ourselves into the situation and ask ourselves, what is really happening here? Pick a verse and just really study it and look at it. My favorite verse from this chapter is verse 38. And that reads, Then the man said, Lord, I believe we worshiped him. When I was a teen, my family went to a very old church. The congregation were older people who grew up in this church and had a very particular way of doing things. We sang the same songs every week. Uh, the pastor had to wear a black suit with a white shirt and a red tie. Every sermon had to be the same. Uh, even the carpet never changed. Uh, they were very much stuck in their ways. And if you were to worship any other way, they would say that you were wrong. We had rules. And you did not break those rules, ever. Now, here's a man, probably homeless, beggar on the street, born blind. I'm sure he looked like a mess. I don't know what he really looked like, but we can assume that because he was born from blind and a beggar that he looked like somebody that we see begging on the street now. And there he worshipped God in the middle of the street, in the dirt. He didn't follow anybody's protocol. He didn't ask anybody, how do I do this? So he didn't read through a church handbook and the look for proper worship techniques, the man, he just did it. And it doesn't even describe how he did it. He just did it. So if there's one thing that I can take away from this chapter is that I don't need to listen to other people on how I worship Jesus or how I worship God or what is the proper protocol or even need to be in a church. I just need to do it. So that's it for this week. Next week we're looking at John chapter 10. It's a lot of the conversation with Jesus and the Pharisees. Uh, I think it takes place immediately after this, or at least very close. So until next time, I'm Chris Mann, and this is Solomon Prayer. <laughs>